Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Remember to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com and beginningintoys.com to check out our new product line. If you have any questions or comments, make sure to send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. And do not forget to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Super excited about the podcast today as you get to talk with comic book artist, illustrator, former professional soccer player, and 2010 MLS Cup champion with the Colorado Rapids, Danny Earls. Make sure to follow Danny on Instagram and Twitter at DannyEarls16. And you can also check out some of his artwork at DannyEarls16.wixsite.com backslash Danny Earls 16 backslash. Let's welcome Danny Earls. What's up? Hey Ryan, can you hear me, mate? There you go. Gotcha. There we go, pal. Love it. Great stuff. Mate, sorry about the confusion yesterday, Ryan. That's totally my fault, mate. All good, brother. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Good where, stuff. Where pal. are you at? Are you in? Are you I'm in Ireland, mate. I'm I'm in Ireland right oh, now. Shit. Okay. I yeah, didn't know. Um, I, yeah. Do not. Sorry, pal. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say I didn't know if you were still in the states or not. Yeah. No, I've I've been home now nearly uh, nearly four years actually. I think oh, it's shit. pretty much gone. Four years actually. On yeah. So long old time, oh. mate. <laughs> long time to be home now. No shit. No shit. Well, dude, thank you, thank you for doing this. Like, um, I already record. I start recording from the beginning, but I, you know, like, I we're gonna get into all these, you know, like the athletic stuff and the creative stuff, but also like, um, I I want to stay in contact with you, and I'll give I'll I'll either send you my my phone number or whatever. But you know, we have some stuff coming up that I think we could definitely collaborate on because you're like right in line of, you know, like what we're doing, trying to talk about. And man, you were a hell of a freaking illustrator, dude. Like it was <laughs> my, it's funny. My, my business partner was the one that saw like, I think your Instagram page and he's, he's the soccer guy. I'm, I'm more of the baseball, basketball, football, even though okay. I, love, I love soccer. I love or football. Um, I, I love, I just never played like man, I played it when I was a kid, but he's more like his, he played a lot. He actually played against, um, uh, Reina back in the day, oh, yeah. back, back in okay, Jersey, wow. not, not, not the young, not his son, but the, the original Reina. Yeah. The um, original. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's, it was just cool to like, look at your stuff and to like do some research on you and like to see like all this, like, you know, like, first of all, your, your athletic past is like really cool. Like the fact that, you know, you won an MLS cup, you know, like your first year with the Rapids, right? Was that your first year? Yeah. Um, the first year. Yeah, that's right. Um, And like, and just like your history. And then like, I definitely want to know, like, you know, some of the stuff I read said that you've, you were always drawing, like when you were a kid and it's funny, you said something, I think it was in an interview. You said something like you never like talked about it, like with your, in your athletic world, because you get the shit beat out of you. <laughs> and I know that feeling. I know, like, I, like especially, I'm, I'm older than you. So, like, I had that experience of, like, I never told anybody I was an artist. And I think it's changing, changing now. But, but yeah, dude, th- thank you for doing that. And, and, and just, like I said, you know, after we're done, um, I, I want to definitely send you my number and like stay in touch and stuff. Cause yeah, of course, stuff, mate. we got of some course. cool stuff going, but, but yeah, like, um, I don't even know where to start really. Like, I mean, maybe like, you know, you, you're, obviously you're Irish, um, grew up, did you grow up in like a, in, in an athletic family? Like how did, how did football? Yeah. Become- does- Actually, Ron, sorry, before we start, I don't know, I don't like doing this, like, in, in kind of interviews and stuff, but do you, do you have a time frame for what this might be, Ron? I don't want to kind oh, of, yeah, I'm yeah. not rushing you at all, I'm just kind of wondering, mate. Yeah, about an hour, it's usually around an hour. 
Yeah. Spot on, spot yeah. on, mate. Perfect, yeah. perfect. Um, but yeah, mate. So growing up, uh, yeah, it's good to get into it, Ron. You know, when you when you reached out to me, mate, and I seen kind of your page and like the abstract athlete, I thought it was a super cool name. Anyway, in the first place, I was like, that's it's great because it is two worlds that are so wildly different. You know, um, trying to. And then trying to kind of merge the two of them. But growing up in Ireland, I was grew up in Wicklow Town, which is like just below Dublin City. It's about half an hour outside, 45 minutes outside of Dublin City, you know. So it's like blue collar, working class. My dad's a carpenter. My mom worked in a bank, kind of like working class, you know, works for everything we got. Um, and then I, football was always the biggest sport um, growing up. You know, if you were the best footballer, it like... <laughs> I, want, I don't want to say you were the coolest because it's not like an American kind of thing where like you're up on a varsity team or something, you know, it's not like that. But like, it's like people wanted to be a footballer. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of, I don't want to kind of tire everyone with the same brush, but it was it, like all of my friends, we all wanted to be professional footballers. So to kind of pursue that was like, that was the only thing I ever focused on when I was young. I didn't even care for school, barely for friends, <laughs> for anything. For, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I had no interest in doing anything other than play football. I used to like, I used to dribble to school. I used to dribble home from school. I used to nearly sleep with a football if I could. So then as, as far as art goes, um, that I always kind of doodled do you know what I mean I was always kind of like say not one of the better ones in the class but if someone asked me to draw something I'd be able to draw it pretty pretty well by copying it you know so I thought oh there might be something there but as opposed to having a career in that growing up in Wicklow Town there wasn't even any inkling that I could when I was growing up you know yeah now it's I it's I it's one of those things where I think I I teach at a university here and I, I've started a class actually that, or a program really that kind of mirrors what we do at the abstract athlete. And, you know, so I get to work with a lot of student athletes and it's what you were just saying. I tell them all the time. It's like creativity is something that we all do. It doesn't mean that has to be your profession. It can be, mm -hmm. but like, it's something that's good for us, like our health, our yeah. mental health. And it's, I think it's something you should do every day. Like we physically work out. And so like, I get, yeah. I get these really cool conversations with these student athletes. Some of them, you know, go on to be professional athletes, um, you know, and, and, or do other things, but I, I still am in contact with students or former students that still have a creative practice because of this class. And I think it's just, it's one of those things where I think people like you that got to the highest level at, in your sport. And now mm -hmm. we're like in this creative space are like so inspiring because like you can speak to both of them from the highest levels, but also to say, you know, it's like, it does, you don't have to be professional either one of them just to go out and do it. Like it's yeah. just a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Mate. I kind of, it's, I appreciate your compliments, by the way, mate. I don't know if a lot of people would say I was at the top of football. Just keep that between me and you, right? <laughs> hey, man, you're. I, 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 I'm putting it out there, like you know. I mean, it's hard to get. It's hard to get what you got, you know. No, of course, but but coming from that point of view, I always think like we, I actually had this uh, conversation with someone just at the weekend. Actually, it was. The first thing we do with my kids is be creative. I've got like nieces and nephews that the first thing they do is pick up a crayon or a pencil. They want to draw something yeah. or write their name or be creative. And it's like that thing. And the first thing that's drilled out of us in school is being creative. You've got to be business minded. you got to do this. you got to do maths. You get to learn. Like those things are so regimented for kids. I don't think it's healthy for kids, you know? So they need some kind of avenue to let things out of themselves, you know? Like, they, like uh, when I... When I approached art, now I kind of say this in a way that's going to probably almost contradict what I said there. When I approached my art career, I approached it like a professional athlete. I was dedicated and kind of trained, you know, like I was like, right, this, I kind of like don't really subscribe to the motivation, inspiration thing. Inspiration can strike anytime, but I think discipline is the most important thing, you know, like if you're disciplined and you sit at a desk and you can get anything done, I think. You know, you can teach yourself anything. And when I say I'm self-taught in art, I mean, like, I look, watch videos, I look, ask people questions. But I didn't go to formal college or formal school or anything. I just kind of done it myself by being disciplined. But I think as a kid, as young kids in school and stuff, there definitely should be that creative outlet. And then the discipline can come. Let them be creative, figure out what they want to do, figure out what they like, painting, drawing, music, film, TV. And then you can kind of... You can mold them into this kind of 
disciplinarian then if you have your creative field figure what you like and then you can kind of sit down and do that like if you read like Stephen King's kind of on writing he just sits at his desk all day every day but before that he lived a life he got out he experienced things he was able to kind of tap into all his experiences and then bring it into his writing you know no I (laughs) you say said something I tell students and people out in the world all the time it's like think about art as you would think thinking about your physical practice like it is a discipline. It's about ritual. Exactly. Like you use the word ritual, which I use all the time. It's like, because I, it's like, remember the first time you played football, you've sucked at it. Like you couldn't kick the ball. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I mean, it's the same with me. Like first time I of threw course. a football and it's like, that's the, I, I think, I think like the older you get, like the more kind of narrow minded you get. And it's like, if you yeah. pick, if you pick up a, you know, like you said, I, and I love the fact that you talked about multiple disciplines, like, painting drawing music writing poetry like mm-hmm. i think a lot of people think creativity is painting or drawing and that's it and it's like no it's like doing a podcast is creative because it's like absolutely this, this back and forth but this this idea that you're gonna pick up a pen after not doing something for 20 years and be good at it no it takes practice just like everything takes practice and the other thing like that i love that you talk about is the schooling element. I literally just said this the other day to somebody. It's like, and I say it a lot. I think that art should be not only like required, but it should like, we not just one class. We should have, have this all the time. Like I, like you said, I don't understand why we remove creativity from kids and adults for God's sakes. Like, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think like, like, Something as simple now, Ron, I think like like I think the art of conversation is kinda of lost in people. I think like being conversationist is also being creative. If you can let people speak and even in podcasts, you'll know this more than anyone from being in podcasts. Like, you know, when you, you chat to someone and they kinda of just want to wait for you to finish talking so they can make their point. And I understand in the world that we have today when you're fed with so much information, it's like people want to feel feel heard and feel kind of like that they that they matter, you know? And like I think now with everything going on, the social media and stuff's amazing and all that stuff, but I think also we can kind of stifle people because they think the word now is content, right? It's not quality, it's not anything, it's just content and kind of Doing all that stuff is like it kind of by being subjected to all that kind of creativity online, people kind of almost come like re- retracting their own shell. It's like I'm not that creative, but like you said, being creative isn't about just waking up. Like if, if you see a, a successful CEO, someone doesn't think he just woke out of bed when he was twelve and was talent was a talented CEO, right? Like it's the same as being a footballer or an artist. It's like now I'm really so in the in the boat of it's a skill. It's a learned skill, not a talent. You have to have something there to begin with. There has to be a spark. Maybe that's what the talent is, and it's a, it's a spark. Whether you believe it's from God or natural, whatever you believe in. But you have to hone that. And the only way you can do that is by putting in discipline and practice, you know? And, like, I think that's like what you're saying. That's why I subscribe to what you're saying, but, like, the training, like, it's – it's not a skill thing. It's a learn. Sorry, it's not a. It's not a talent thing. It's a learned skill that that should be cultivated in kids through adulthood. I think you know. And and that's the thing is like, creativity can go into any discipline. It can go into your business world. It can go into your exactly. like medical space. It's like to be able to like have that the way to like think. Like creativity is like a a, a thinking process and if you're able to like open up that that idea and that way of doing stuff it doesn't mean you have to paint but like do something creative and like bring that kind of way into whatever your world is like all all these people are out in the world looking for creative people doesn't mean you have to have a degree like you said it's like you're self-taught like and that to me is even harder like in some ways and maybe maybe it's harder but also better because i think sometimes academia or learned things the the teacher gets a little bit too influential in the in the room yeah yeah I, i've seen that 100 percent on definitely I, I actually that was probably looking back on it 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 was a great thing for me because i wasn't hindered by kind of like i love the old masters and learning from all those but i wasn't so like thinking that has to be done that way I made my own mistakes and figured things out my own way. And a teacher might have told me from the very start, you can't do that like that. And I would have been like, okay, I can't do that. But from making those mistakes, I've learned a lot. You know, it would be the same with football now. You see, 
kids that are in academies at eight, nine, ten years of age and are regimentally training Monday to Friday and people think that's what kids should have. No, it's not. Kids should be playing football on the streets, on the road, all till they're 15 or 16. That's how you become a better player. You learn your little skills and your tricks. When everyone's learning the same thing in an academy, you, you're building the same people. You want to have people have like their own personalities in their creativity as well, you know, whether it's sports or in art, you know what I mean? And I, a quote I think like is, it kind of rings true is your style is a culmination of all your mistakes, right? Yeah. So that's true. Like when you learn things and if, if you're learning through art college, I'm not dissing that art college put a, maybe could have got me on my path way quicker, but I'm just saying you're all kind of building into the same people if you're listening to the same teacher being influenced at such a young age by that, you know? No, it gets, it gets like very, I, it gets very narrow. Like in, like yeah. any other discipline, you kind of get funneled into this space. And I always Absolutely. think the, the fun part, like, again, like having these discussions that you and I are having, like both of us came out, came from like athletic worlds and mm -hmm. having, having different people in the room talking about creativity that are not in this, you know, air quotes system, I think is really good because they're looking at things like unfiltered or uncorrupted because again, like, and again, like, like you said, it's like, I'm not bashing academia. I work in academia and I think it's great, but it still gets funneled into that space. And I think bringing in these outside voices is always like, just so good. Like where, do, like thinking of that, where, when you were a kid, like, did you, were you reading comics all the time? Like, I don't want to like pigeonhole you as a comic, but you're like, you're more, I mean, you're, you are a comic book artist, but illustration yeah, is a, big, a broader term, I guess. But like, yeah. were you like watching like, you know, animation, like and reading comics like that really kind of influenced you? Yeah. Do you know what? I can kind of point to two things that absolutely did when i was younger i loved it the batman animated series that was like one of the things but the first film everyone kind of got into that but the first film i kind of remember watching i was born in 1989 but the 1989 batman i remember <laughs> that there was something about it that it was like it, it went over my head like i probably watched it maybe when i was seven or eight maybe but it went over my head it was kind of it was dark but there was something about it i was like that struck a chord i don't know why i've always kind of been into like see this time of year now run from into like fall and october and halloween i love it it's my favorite time of year right so there's always something about that kind of like me too man that aspect yeah exactly like that kind of halloweeny kind of creepy and since i was young i kind of like that it made me feel kind of at home almost it sounds a bit weird but i just love it there's something about it so when i seen batman i was like oh this is a superhero and it's also in that kind of realm where it's like halloween I'm like oh this is me and then i remember there was when I went to, to to kind of put me on the path. Uh, well, I watched Spider Man also. The first Spider Man I remember watching on a, a, a videotape in my living room. I kind of it was the first time I ever put headphones on. I kind of should. I got a big family, so I shut the living room. I shut the, the living room door. No one was allowed in. I sat. I watched it, and that was it. I was like, oh man, these things are so cool, you know. So as a young kid, to kind of like formatively, that's kind of what shaped me for sure. But then the biggest thing to get me into comic books was actually moving to America. One of the biggest artists here in Ireland is Will Sliney. He's from Cork and he drew, he's drawn Spider-Man for like 10 years. An amazing artist. Unbelievable fella as well. But when I moved to America, I didn't know that comic books was a profession. I knew that they were drawn. I didn't know who drew them, how you got into it, what you did, until I walked into a Barnes & Noble in upstate New York and there was a big graphic novel section. And I said this before in an interview, it was like... A, it was like glowing lights coming down from from the heavens or something it was like look you can do this and it was like yeah that's the noise i made before but i promise i'd never do it again that's years of years of vocal training trained me for that moment it. but yeah that was it so i looked at it and i literally can remember sitting there i probably went in after training at two o'clock i didn't leave at nine o'clock i was like oh so this oh my God, this is a world you can do. And I picked up one of Will's books, seeing who's an Irish artist and kind of got in touch with him from there. But I didn't even know. So that was kind of the, so all the other things kind of formed what I loved and watching cartoons and we all watched the X-Men and all that growing up and all, you know, but to actually make it as a profession, that really you know, kind of hit, like that got the wheels turning thing, like this can actually be a profession after football, hopefully, you know? Yeah. No, and I, I actually have, and I think he actually follows you or you follow him or vice versa. But I have a former student of mine that is actually a colorist for, uh, God, I think it's DC, but it might be Marvel. I'm trying to remember now. But his name is Jason um, Keith. 
And I think he goes. By, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, no way. I have never met him. I know, okay. I know his name. Yeah, I know his handle from being online and that for sure. Yeah, and he's he's been doing that for years. Um, actually, when he was in school, he already had that that job, and he you know he's t- he was in the painting department, but he wow. was doing that, and and I know he started doing a lot of the Comic Con stuff, like local Comic Con stuff. Is that something that you've? I believe I read something that you've done some. Right. Yeah, definitely. It's actually I've only done two myself. And there was one in March in Dublin, and um, I've been to loads as a fan of wanting to meet artists and stuff. But then to actually table at a comic con is totally different. It's super fun. It's like you're talking two different worlds. I've always kind of known football and that, right? And like you could not be in two more different worlds, you know, yourself and being an athlete, and then to go into that, like. But I absolutely love it. It's a real drawing comic books being an illustrator is a real solitary solitary kind of environment you're on your own all the time you're in your own head all the time so to have those kind of breaks and then you're meeting people that are interested in that stuff so it's like i don't i love it i went got chatting i could chat to people all day actually i probably done too much talking i was trying to sell my book there and i was like <laughs> i was just almost giving them away i was like here just take it you love comics take it take it i was giving myself out of business but yeah, we don't want then in, in the summer just gone as well. So it's kind of a thing that happens every year. And then eventually the bigger you get, you kind of be invited to the bigger comic cons around the world and stuff, you know? Is that is that like a a goal to get into that like kind of circuit? Yeah, no. do you know, the, no, but you're right. It's the exact word you use, Ron. It is for sure. There's kind of artists that, that table at every Comic Con, and that's like where they do their commissions and their headshots and stuff. But for me, I've got a real clear path and a clear goal of what I want to achieve in Comic Con. Like, I want to draw, like, I want to have my own kind of work that I've, I've drew my own and illustrated my own comic book called Hellfire. It's about Ireland, and it's a real, um, it's a kind of gothic horror story yeah. about uh, the devil kind of crash landing in Ireland, right? And that's something I'm super passionate about to make my own IPs and my own kind of comic books. But I want to draw a Batman because I because I knew I that's what I started with. Like I I am desperate to draw a Batman commercially, you know. So <laughs> to do that and then like nowadays that like back in 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 the nineties, early two thousands, it was all about being a monthly a monthly artist. So you get a book out every month and then you kind of your name grows and your star grows and and everyone kind of likes your work that's still something that i really want to do they're kind of like gold us now in the industry a little bit kind of what, what i'm told you know so to be able to do that would be fantastic and then you can't get into the circuit to answer your question because you have so much work to do you're literally hitting deadlines every single week every single month you know so the kind of people that want to do the circuit it's a fantastic way to make a living but i want to actually be in the trenches and work for 12 to 16 hours a day and just yeah. draw the sequential art inside the books you know that's what i want to do yeah no you i did i read something about again i think it was one of the one of your interviews or something about that idea of just kind of disappearing for like 12 hours or something and yeah. I mean, did you and that that goes to a question that i i ask people a lot that you know like were in your position or my position you know whatever that when you were playing, were you drawing in the, I mean, I, I did read something about like you would train in the morning and you draw like from two to whatever, two to midnight or whatever. But did you, yeah. did you notice like a, a certain kind of, um, Zen for lack of a better way to say it, or kind of like getting in that flow state that helped you as a player? Did, I mean, or, or was that something you were even conscious of? Yeah, that's a real good question, actually, Ron, to be fair. I if you see me play football, <laughs> I was never Zen, right? <laughs> no, I did I did read you were a tough one, so. <laughs> I'm Irish, Ron. I don't think I don't think that's I am it. Too. I am too. I am actually mainly it's not vocabulary, mate. <laughs> but um no, but <laughs> I know exactly what you mean by that. But yeah, so say like to get the biggest thing I miss about playing football is playing on a Saturday night underneath lights, like where something matters, where like you have, it's actually, I was actually talking to my fiance the other day, actually we were chatting about that. The biggest differences in art and football is sport is immediate, right? You either play well or you play bad. You either worship or you're criticized instantly. We're comic books, you're creating it behind the scenes for six months to a year and you might get panned a year down the line, but that work's already gone. So it's kind of that thing where like, that's kind of what I'm still trying to come to terms with. But as, as much as the flow thing, yeah, for sure, there's definitely that helped me with trying to kind of get into the zone and blocking things out because you got to be concentrated as a footballer to train, like you know as well, as an athlete to train, to play games. So I've never had a problem kind of shutting the world out, Ron, to be honest, which is sometimes I love, I used to love working at nighttime because it's like I felt like the world switched off and it's like, well, I'm not missing anything anyway. 
But now I'm so kind of obsessed with this anyway. I I don't look at a ton else in the world going on, so I just kind of focus on this anyway, you know? So it's like I'm so kind of um, almost intense. I'm real intense anyway as when it comes to everything, you know? So when it comes to this, it's like I have no problem shutting the world out. But finding that flow state, like you said, has definitely come a lot easier to me from listening to other interviews by other people from coming from football, you know, 100%, mate. Did uh, like when you when did you go? You finished playing in nineteen. I finished that... playing about twenty. What is now? Tw- yeah, but the end of twenty eighteen, round of twenty eighteen. I mean, was yeah. there like you know? There's always that thing with athletes of coming to an end, you know, and it, like if for me, it, like again, like through reading and and understanding, it felt like you already knew like where you were going. So there wasn't like this, this weird, maybe I'm wrong. Like, again, I'm just kind of from the, from the, you know, the research that, that kind of like the end of the athletic career and, Oh shit, what do I do? Like, it felt like you like made this really, I don't want to say it was an easy transition, but this transition that you kind of like knew your next step. Is that a fair way to say it? Absolutely. As, as, much as I've heard from everybody and everyone that I've played with in my life, I've played 15 years and most lads that have stopped playing that I played with found it really hard, Ron. Yeah, definitely, mate. It was, for me, it, could, it couldn't have been more seamless. I kind of I wanted to figure it out when I was like, right, I want to coincide retiring from football and being kind of full-time in art. But lucky enough, it came a little bit quicker in art than I thought it might. And at that time, I was kind of pretty much when I say done with football, I loved playing football, mate. I did. I, I loved it and I was grateful for it every day. It was like I was so lucky to have that career. But when I was finished playing football, my God, was I finished with football. I was like, I am so done. Like, I'm like, it's. I, I loved it. And like I said, I was grateful. But I was ready for a pal. I didn't. I have not missed playing. The only thing I said to you, like, playing on a Saturday night when it means something, is that, that competitive side of me stirs up. And you think, okay, that's great. But everything else, mate, no, nah, I give it a, I gave it everything I could and I came out on my shield. So I can't have any regrets, you know what I mean? So it's one of those ones where I was so happy to coincide kind of finishing up and playing where some of my mates now still are struggling to kind of figure out what to do after football because that's who you are, it's your identity. Since you were a kid, since I was six, I was known as Danny the footballer. Oh, he's Danny, he's the footballer, do you know what I mean? So for me now to kind of transition that over, I barely, it's almost like, even when we're talking now, mate, it's like, it's almost like a different world. Sometimes I can't even remember that I played football, if that makes even sense to you, you know? I do, I do actually, and, and it's, but at the same time, like, do you still, like, do you still watch matches? Do you still watch... Or is yeah, it like that's a thing? Uh, it's this is a real difficult one. People ask because I, when I say this, I sound like I want to sound like I'm old, right? And like I'm an ancient old fart, right? It's like no, I'm not, I don't mean to say this, but like football, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, isn't what I watched growing up. Whether it's due to VAR, whether it's due to the the pristine pitches everyone plays on, the way everyone's so accessible. There was something magic about the premiership and stuff when I used to watch it growing up because you didn't know what went on in the dressing rooms and behind the scenes. And it was always a thing, oh, I'd love to get there to see what happens. And there was always that kind of like, there was a mucky pitch every three weeks and the bottom team might be able to beat the top team. And now it's just pretty much all the time, the best team will pretty much win 90% 90% of the time, but that wasn't the case me growing up. So now football, it's also technical. It's also skillful. It's There's no kind of separation between kind of average and great anymore. So it's not as interesting as fun as me anymore, me to be honest with you. And then the kind of biggest factor is the money where I never played it for money. I definitely didn't <laughs> move to America to play, football, to play football for money anyway. <laughs> but like that thing now, it's kind of like it takes some of the, the, the passion out of it for me because it, it's just a bit of a killer. That's all. I mean, everyone that I knew growing up would give their right leg to be a footballer. Yeah. And the fact now that some of them kind of don't even want to play for the money they're on, it's like, it, it breaks my heart a little bit. So it kind of just, it it, it distances, them, distances footballers from the from the kind of common human, which it was a common game growing up. That was all it was. They were like what we all wanted to be, but now it's just superstars and it's too far in that, in that I, realm, I, you know? I agree in general. Like I think all sports is a little out of control with, with money. And I think the, you know, the love of the game is not as intense as it used to be or, or the, yeah. the will to win, you know, it's like, all I wanted to do was 
be a baseball player. You know, I played football and basketball and I loved football and I probably, you know, I could have played football in college, but I just, I got tired of getting hit. Like, you know, I was a, yeah, I was a quarterback and I just got hit. And I was like, I was, it's funny. I've t- I talked to former pro football players and I'm like, I, you know, like I didn't have a problem hitting somebody, but getting, getting hit was a problem. And it's, like, and it's just like, so I, love it. I, I lean towards baseball and it's, it's, it's one of those things where I just think that we we do like, and not to pick on Messi or anything, but like Messi, Messi's like worth more than some small countries. And, you know, yeah. like, and obviously the owner of the team's worth more than multiple small countries. And it's just like, I just of think course. the money is, I still love all sports. Like, you know, like I love Saturday mornings, drinking coffee, watching the premier league, you know, and then afternoons college football right now. And then baseball is going, you know, it's like, so I love watching that stuff. But it does, like you, you said it right, is like that kind of disconnect from these, like from the 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 common fan is, it's just it's weird. Like I, I wonder actually, like you know, especially with with soccer, football, um, you know, this like uh, Ted Lasso, and and there's yeah. this new this new um, this new kind of documentary series. Uh, welcome to Wrexham, I think, is or, or something like that. Yeah, that's right. With Ryan Reynolds, and I do wonder if those those kind of shows bring it back a little bit, even though it's just you know they're just shows. But there is like mm-hmm. kind of like the you know like Ted Lasso. It's kind of like uh, who's who's the coach of Brent Brentford, um, the American guy that has kind of the 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 uh, he's got the Ted Lasso kind of label on him, and it's it's is inter- that. A- yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, was, go no, ahead. I was done. Like, it, it's just, it's one of those things I just wonder if kind of this, this kind of commonness brings people back in some ways. The Abstract Athlete is sponsored by and in partnership with Begin Again Toys. Begin Again Toys is an eco-friendly and educational toy company focused on sustainable ways to explore and play with a goal to inspire children with stories of innovation, adventure, and good old-fashioned fun. For more information, visit beginagaintoys.com. Soccer to me is like college football in the sense that there is so much love for the teams, like the community mm-hmm. and the teams. Where professional yeah. sports, you know, like again, soccer is different to me because there is that love. But professional sports over here in America are like are a little bit disconnected. Where college sports are kind of more to me like English Premier League and 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 that stuff. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. It, it's one of like with regards to money and stuff like you when once tv came into to like soccer football like it was a game changer same as in, in america right like it's the same you, you can't blame players for being offered 500 grand a week no. you can't blame them right so if anyone's offered that what they choose to do with that money is totally up to them they don't have to give it to charity they don't have to be marketers a lot of them do which is great but it just separates every fiber of society with that they it's it's you know what is crazy actually. We used to when I played in the MLS, the the lowest salary in our dressing room was a developmental player, right? It was eighteen grand a year, right? That is so that was a professional footballer on a developmental salary, eighteen grand a year. Yep. Our highest salary in that change room at that time it wasn't it wasn't even as as high as it like it's nowhere near what it is now, but it was three hundred thousand a year, right? That's that in that alone is too big of of a gap between two players but imagine then on in the same year there would have been a developmental player on 18 grand and then what david beckham's salary was so how can those two people how can now i don't know what beckham was like in a change room he's my idol i love him i've heard great stories about him but how can he relate to him when he says hey i don't know whether to go to chipotle or to home savers for dinner and beckham is buying airplanes <laughs> there's a disconnect there do you know what i mean so like that disconnect becomes that's what it's like with the that's how i kind of try to explain it with like society now and footballers there's that disconnect there's they don't like when my dad used to watch football back in the 70s and 80s 
like they just got common man wages. They got carpenter wages. They got plumber wages. But everyone still wanted to be a footballer. And like I said, it's not their fault, but it's just a byproduct of the money that's come in that it has disconnected everyone unintentionally, but it actually has, you know. Oh, no. And I I think that's the best way to put it. I don't blame the players. Like if I was there, I would be taking that too. Like, and it's, it just is what it is. Like you said, it's a byproduct of society and it, but it's, it is weird that we pedestalize for making up a word, these, these, you know, um, and and just put them on this thing. Like, I don't know. It's, it's again, like it's never going to change like the fact that I love sports, um, of course. but it, it, it definitely is. It, it's just a different, it's a different game. Like you said, like, I just, I remember hearing stories, like, it's probably like a little bit after I was born, like the, the generation before, like they would play sports in their season and then they'd have jobs in the off season because they yeah had to. And, you know, exactly. It, again, it's just evolution of, of how we, I guess, treat people. Like, so what what is your team, by the way? Like, I mean, what or what was your team growing up? I well, I supported Tottenham growing up because okay. my uncle actually randomly enough, my uncle used to live in London and got me assigned football of all the teams. I was like, oh, I'll support nice. them. And then <laughs> once I signed for, <laughs> I moved to play for Aston Villa when I was sixteen. So now we just follow Aston Villa, you yeah. know, which is obviously it's kind of like to be to be. You know, I just want to kind of say just before we kind of move on a little bit, I I tried to hold my tongue a tiny bit. I don't ever have problem talking in interviews and podcasts because it's I'm honest and I like to give my opinion on being honest with football and stuff but I don't want to kind of make it sound like when I'm talking about that stuff that people should feel this way about football I love that people love football I don't try kind of persuade people in my life to not like football because of the money it's like my little nephew now he knows more about Chelsea and the premiership than I do now and I love it he comes in and plays football every weekend my my older brothers like his dad they absolutely adore it Football still brings a lot of joy to people, whether they, whether it's disconnected or not. I think it is, but other people have different opinions to me. And it's kind of like, I, I kind of want to always kind of hammer that home and reassure people that like, I'm not trying to change your opinion on that. It's just my oh, point yeah, yeah, of view, yeah. my thoughts no, on no, it, I didn't. I, I definitely uh, didn't take it like that. And and I think it's, right. a, it's, it's you know, I, I agree with you. I think it's a valid opinion. And, I, and it's not, I don't think it's like a heavy opinion. I just think it is what it is. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think that, what you're saying like invalidates especially the players because like obviously i would say you're a pro play or pro you know meaning for the players of course. um as i would be like and but it's yeah. just it's just an, it's just you know, i don't want to say it's natural growth but it is natural growth like the influx of money and everything is taking over but in general i think like pop culture whether it's you know actors actresses or professional athletes has just like risen to the top and and it's exactly it, it just it's i mean it just is what it is like uh but it's just it's just interesting because i do think like a lot of people have been turned off by it but i don't know mm-hmm. that that means that they stop watching <laughs> you know, it's like yeah because, that's true because that's it's, true. like i think like sports has never been better ever like i just think that the you know the way that we train now uh we meaning them uh like even though i still yeah, train daily but um, <laughs> uh but it's just like you know it's like you know i can't imagine like a lebron james in the in the game in the 70s like he would just be like an it would be insane like it's just a, yeah, it's a different a different thing like and i you know it's like i i i jokingly get in a like arguments discussions with like my soccer students at at school and i'm always like who's the best player and some people will say ronaldo and, and i'm like no it's messy like ronaldo messy. might <laughs> you know me, like ronaldo might be the greatest scorer of all time but messy to me is like he's just a magician like he does yeah. he does things with his footwork that i don't think anybody has ever done now you know go backwards 20 years you'd say Pele is the best player or you know but it's it's just one of those things that we evolve as athletes as we as the money evolves and you know like the, the skill gets better and and I think that's it's interesting to think about that in an art context because it's like you know do you like do you hand draw or do you use tablets at all do you like or are you always no. 
Yeah, I'm traditional, um, okay. actually, Ron. Yeah, I, I love that. I love... Um, it's actually kind of an argument that seems a little bit irrelevant to me in terms of creating things, right? Because when you're when you're creative, you're creative. Whether you do it on, like, with rocks, like you used to do in the Bible. Whether yeah. <laughs> I've made a lot of Bible analogies and God analogies. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why I've done that today. I sound like I'm preaching it's, from an altar. Maybe because here. I look exactly a little bit like Jesus. <laughs> I have to let, my, have to let my hair down, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyone read Hellfire? It's like he is not religious. That's exactly <laughs> not what he was trying to do. <laughs> but it's like if you're creative, you're creative. But for me, I draw traditionally. I absolutely love physical everything. I still buy physical DVDs. I still buy like like every every bit of my art material is physical um when i do something digitally i i would do like kind of layouts for my page digitally just because it, that's a time constraint thing you yeah. can make things bigger smaller but i don't transfer that i don't print it i don't trace it I, I just look at that and then transfer that to my page like with my eye you know but that doesn't matter if if a dc editor came to me and said hey can you get that done in a day and i said no because you do it traditionally they would go to a digital artist so it's up to me then to be up to the standard of the industry so it, it's not a feather in my cap whether i draw to traditionally or digitally i just choose to draw that way because i absolutely love pen on paper and being tactile i love kind of it might come from actually playing football i love coming away from my day with ink all over my hands yeah. and do you know, like kind of just feeling like, oh, I work today. My sleeves rolled up, and yeah, I earned that today. That was a bit of labor or something in that. You know what I mean? Well, it's like you're up, like you said, you're you're a working class family. I think that probably comes comes from that space. From like that, yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Like getting getting my hands dirty. I'm in my studio every day. Like whether I'm down there for you know two hours, ten hours, or twenty minutes, but it's just like yeah. that grit of being in there and, and doing something and getting sawdust you know thrown around and, exactly, and all that shit. And yeah. It's exactly know, like um so I'm curious, like, you know, you mentioned Beckham. Like who like do you this is something I always ask and maybe it's not an athlete, maybe it's maybe it's an artist, but like people that like were influential to you, like in you know whether it's even now like um but like maybe growing up as well like that inspired yeah. you or something the, the, like beckham was my idol like that was like the, people kind of like asked like what was kind of my, i suppose my highlight my career and i won the mls cup well we won the mls cup which was amazing we got to meet barack obama i went to the white house you couldn't have had better experiences in america for like a little scrawny Irish lad gone over there 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Jesus, what I came away with was amazing. But playing against Beckham was, will stand head and shoulders above anything I've ever done in football because he, I mean, Ron, there wasn't an inch in my room that wasn't plastered in Beckham posters. Just the way he played, it wasn't necessarily his, his like celebrity. It was, I loved the way he played. I loved Evan about him, just enamored by him. So when I played against him, that would have been him. So growing up, it was all footballers. But then, Coming away from that and kind of looking at like I, in my day to day, kind of being like influenced by like I kind of like I'll be kind of militaristic in how I approach things. So like the likes of like I'd listen to like a Jocko Willing podcast or something like that, you know, or like David Goggins. Now, I wouldn't be too much on the people on Goggins as much as Jocko, but like he is like all about discipline. So like trying to that's not creative, right? It's like but that's what I kind of focus on being disciplined. But with opposed to artists, it's like. What kind of really kicked me into gear was Bernie Wrightson. Have you heard of Bernie Wrightson, Ron? He, he drew these old, um, he illustrated an old Frankenstein. He drew like 70 plates, like big illustrative um, plates. And yeah. it was ink and like all pen and ink. And when I seen that, it like, it put me down the path of wanting to draw that way. I've come away from that now because one, because he's a he's a genius. And I was like, Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm never going to get there. So let's try to figure something else out. But more so in the in the vein of the way he drew things and the way it looked aesthetically and then listen to interviews on him and how he worked and he was just a fascinating human like just everything about the way he thought and stuff and his process so i'm only kind of influenced now by artists and that's all i kind of look at and really and i try my best you know I, you might actually you'd have a great um opinion on this as well i find when you find your voice as an artist uh, i feel like you can't also really look for inspiration all the time then because you can get pulled in every different direction you got to kind of stay true to yourself and once you i've had five years of scouring comic book artists 
day in, day out, and I think, okay, this is my style. So once I have this now, I try to just be in my own head, my own space, and not not kind of be influenced a ton by a lot of um yeah artistic ideas i can listen to people talk with art all day but artistic ideas and being influenced by like my style and stuff i try kind of keep that really personal and not be influenced by it a lot you know no it's it kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier about like you watching soccer for instance like i like for for a while there I couldn't watch baseball games because I wanted to play. I couldn't like right. I I was a singer in a band, and when we stopped playing, like I couldn't go see bands because I wanted to play, because like it, it's not, it is that kind of in influential thing being pulled in different directions. Like if I go to a museum now, like it's still kind of like oh that's really cool oh that's you know it's like like you're right you can be you can be pulled in so many directions you have to like it goes back to that discipline thing it's like you have to it's not a one-track mind necessarily because i do think it's as a creative person it's always good to throw things in the mix but for me and i say this to students this is just an opinion but i think editing is like one of the most important parts about being a creative person it's like how can I make what I want to say with whatever I'm doing as efficiently and, and influentially as possible without it being cluttered, without it being, you know, I just being like very yeah. distinct in it. And it's hard. Like, cause again, Absolutely. like, I think, you know, like you, you always, as a creative person, you always want to grow. And, but at the same time, you want to have that distinct you in it. Like, so people know yeah. that it's your work. I mean. Yeah. And I think when you're younger, you get kind of hung up on that, don't you? You get hung up on style. What's my yep. style? What's my style? Style is irrelevant until yep. you've learned fundamentals. And then when you learn mm-hmm. fundamentals, you can figure it all out, right? It's like, so it just evolves and it becomes a part of who you are, but you can't figure it out, like I said, until you learn the fundamentals. And the biggest thing I have with my art, Ron, is like, as a footballer, I everyone had an ego as a footballer and I had one as big as anybody like it because you kind of got to puff your chest out you think now this it's a real alpha alpha male game right like it really is no matter what you say you walk in the change room and I was lucky enough to be captain of a good few teams I played on so you had to kind of give that aura whether I wanted to be that or whether or not I had to give an aura that I was that right so now kind of I think people would be surprised if they met me not being a footballer who I actually am kind of I'd have a chat to them and not probably cut them in half you know <laughs> you know but I think with artwork I have no ego attached to my artwork in the slightest I I have kind of on my path now where I've, I've, I know my goals are going to be I'm on the road to them hopefully but if someone if I like see now there's a difference between seeking criticism from everyone and specific people, right? Like you're at a stage we gotta like seek it from professionals that know their kind of business because everyone's a critic and that's no problem. But I kind of think when I heard a great saying when I was younger, it says uh, criticized by creating. So if you think something is bad, make something better than it, right? So like if you think a comic book is bad, learn how to make something better than it rather than just sit there and hammer it. Now, I'm trying to kind of walk a t- walk the line here because of course everyone is allowed to criticize something wrong like i bring out a comic book and someone's allowed not to like that so that's not what i'm trying to say it's not whether you like it or dislike it it's the fundamental aspect of helping your art be better in that so i'm always i am probably i am so relentless in seeking advice and critique from professionals that they probably are so fed up with me it's like if they see my name come in through like instagram it's like oh jesus here's him again oh my god but it's like i have no ego so i'm like i have a road i want to get there and it's not that i'm trying to fast track myself but it's like can i get there as quick as possible the best way as possible if that makes sense so like when someone says now do this better i'm like great thanks for pointing it out to me now i can work on that you know so like although i have my my own style and where i want to go there's still things you're you're learning until the day you die on right like especially with art you know so i never have ego attached to that and i think it's standing me in good stead now to kind of keep on learning i'm I'm working under um a guy now named zach howard who i'm working on this graphic novel with and he's been an artist in the industry for 30 years and i've worked him for eight months on already what he has taught me has made me a better artist times no, and I, I, no. I think it's, it, you bring up something I think is like really interesting and cool and stuff that I've actually talked about. It's like, it's like you, you have like an art coach in, in some ways, like, you know what I Absolutely. mean? Like that idea of 
like seeking out, like, how can I get better? Just like a, just like a football coach, like where you'd go like, Hey, like, I want to, I want to learn what you did, blah, blah, blah. And, and I think that, you know, we can, we can call them mentors as well, but that idea of having those people in your life, like you said, it's not, you don't have to take criticism from everybody, like filter in what, what is needed, what you want to, you know, that you think is going to help because nobody knows you better than you at the end of the day. And, and so like what your, your path of what you're making is really your journey, but you can still have those outside discussions that like, can still move it forward. What was that guy? Is that, you yeah. said Zach Howard? Zach Howard, his name okay. is. Yeah, I think it's actually, I think it's crucial, Ron, to be honest. I, I see, I saw, um, I seen him online and he was working on a book called Hellboy. Hellboy is like, oh, yeah. I actually met, uh, what's his name? Mike Mignola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, so somebody that wow. te- teaches here at, at Virginia Commonwealth where I teach, either worked on one of the Hellboy films or knows him or whatever. So I actually met him wow. sitting outside of my buddy's restaurant and I was like, whoa. No way. Yeah. yeah. He's one of my idols. He is. He's like phenomenal. And Zach, you got to work with him. And how I, how, this is kind of what I was saying, like seeking um, critique and criticism. I seen Zach online. He posted a picture on Instagram saying that his assistant had got this reference for a picture he was doing. I was like, oh, Zach's got an assistant. Here's my chance. I'm going to ask him, can I be his next assistant or can I help him somehow? And he can be my mentor. And then I'm kind of blossoming into a little bit more of a partnership with like, now I'm working, he's kind of um, creating this, his own line of books and with this kind of flagship book that I'm working on right now, it's called hopeless. And that's what we're working on now at the minute. But I've been so lucky where he, he's taken a chance and said, Hey, you've got something. Let's, I want to make you an artist on my book rather than have you be my assistant. So I always think if you put your neck out there and you want to get in touch with people for the right intentions, I try, I try keep my relationships. I try like, how could you even say, I try to like grow them organically and not rinse people. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, I, I know a lot of people kind of high in the comic book industry, but like I never bugged them when I, because there's not, it will come when it's meant to come, it will come. But I always ask for advice and stuff, but like with Zach, it was great. And it flourished into this kind of great relationship that we have now. And I'm lucky enough to work on this book with him, you know? So to kind of got wanting to go with his assistant now him be my mentor and teach me all this stuff. It's been phenomenal, you know? Well, and it's just that, that like you just said, it's, you can either ask somebody or not, like they can always say no, but like the idea of, exactly. I mean, like, because I, 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 in some ways I think a lot of these people are, people think they're unapproachable. Um, mm-hmm. and, but like to, to, it's just cool that Zach's do you like that, that you've bonded and created this relationship and like how, how cool to have that like you know three or whatever six degrees of separation that's like so close to to that space you want to be is that something out of curiosity like through your development like do you want your comic books to become like a in in the long run like a a a movie is that something that like yeah that would be that would be amazing Ron. when i was younger you know i thought that was i would love to make do you know frank miller um yeah, he, yeah. Drew, he done like sin city and treat yeah like yeah. he i think he's everybody's comic book dream career right like he is he's amazing it's like all his like well not all of them but like sin city got made into films like that is the dream i think for anyone to get there things like hellboy made into a movie when i was younger i thought that's what i'd love to do go the path of comic books to movies and that's it but the more I'm in comic books, the more I just want to make comic books. And if something happens movie-wise, fantastic. But if not, I just absolutely love comics. And comics, I always thought were kind of like storyboards, and but they're not. They're their own unique medium. They tell a different story than movies. That's why when you see a comic made into a movie and someone says, oh, it's not the same, because it's not supposed to be the same. It, it reads differently. It's slower. The pace is a bit slower. The beats are different. So... When I was younger, to answer your question, definitely I thought I want that for my career. But now, if it happens, fantastic. I would love to make something that's just – I when I made Hellfire, my biggest thing was I'm passionately Irish, right? Like I moved home to live in Ireland. And I was like, there's no – Ireland's got such a rich history of um, culture and all these stories that people borrow from like Norse mythology is borrowed from Celtic mythology. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's so rich, but we always kind of lean back on the Norse stuff and all this kind of other like Viking mythology. And 
I thought there's not been a recent story been told. There has been one. There's a book um, called Hound by Paul Bolger, who's an Irish artist, and it kind of talks about this old Irish mythology. It just got picked up by Dark Horse Comics, who published Hell- Hellboy as well. But I didn't think when I went to Loftus Hall to, to kind of um, think of the idea for Hellfire, I thought there's not been a recent one that really delves into Irish lore, you know, and that's kind of, I was like, I wanted to do that. I didn't, I didn't, I seen a space in kind of the market, not that I was thinking it was going to be a big seller or anything, but I was like, I want to do that. And that's kind of, I didn't see anyone else doing it. So I was like, why don't I just do it? You know? So to make something like that, to put Ireland back on the map, for that to become a movie or something to kind of get a wider audience, that would be fantastic. You know? Yeah. Now it's, I, I'm always curious to know, like with illustrators and particularly obviously like comic book artists, like, like, are they just seeing the, the, the 2d stuff or are they visualizing 3d as well? You know, cause I think it would be hard in some ways. Like, I think you're doing it the correct way. It's like, you're just focused on this, you know? And if this happens, that's cool. But it's like, yeah. you're, you're, you're creating, in this this space and whatever happens happens i guess that kind of always leads me to like the <clears throat> the sort of wrapping up question type of thing but like what what are like goals for the next you know five ten years like is it to like establish yourself like with this you know but like yeah like goals or like targets or whatever yeah, it's kind of, you know, when I first broke in, Ron, well, not broke in, like when I say like, I'm still yet to draw like mainstream for Marvel or DC, right, or Image Comics, like they're the big things you want to hit, like, right, and I'm I, I'm working super hard to get there, but when I first was getting into art, I was like, oh yeah, I just want to be a comic book artist, I was kind of like a bit ginger about it, like, yeah, I want to just, I've got no problems in ever saying to anyone I meet, like I said, I want to draw Batman, and that is like, <laughs> I so want to draw batman that's all like do you know like it's the affirmation thing you keep on saying it'll happen you know but you got to put the work in as well but like i want to make like leave a lasting legacy on that character because i think i not batman is a unique character because he, he can be sold to many different things right i think i have a unique voice i have a couple like things in my head that i think oh i could leave like something in that realm if i got the chance it, it's down the line when i'm not i'm not there yet right but in comic books like in the next five, 10 years, definitely to be working like for Marvel at DC, but then to be a name in comic books, that's like kind of, oh, people know he's from Ireland. He's, and to bring comic books, raise, raise them in Ireland to think like for kids to think like, hey, this is a, this is a unique thing to be able to do, but you can do it. It's almost like the way Conor McGregor paved the way in MMA for, yeah. for, for Irish people, right? Like, like Will Sliney and Declan Shalvia too. I got to give them a shout out because they're two people that are like, really paved the way for Irish comic book artists. They've done so much in the last decade. There's younger guys now coming up like Kevin Keane and I've worked with him on Rogue Comics, you know, but to kind of, my goal would be to draw Batman and to kind of leave a legacy where like it was a worthy kind of run on that. But from there, not just stay with Batman, then I have my own stuff I want to do to kind of branch off from that and then kind of build your audience and have people hopefully come along for the ride the whole time, you know, so that's kind of where you're at, where, where to answer your question, that would be it. Like, yeah, next five years, draw on Batman. Next 10 years, leave a legacy in the industry, I suppose. Like, nice. you know, well, that's 10 years isn't that. 30 years is that. 40 <laughs> years, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, but that, I, again, like, I think the cool part to me is, like, you seem very, like, focused on what what you're doing. And, and, and again, like, I think your history, your family history, like, you're just, like, you're a worker. Like, you just, you do it. Like, there's no bullshit about it, you know? Like, and I think that that's, <laughs> You know, it's true. Like, I, and I think a lot of people like just think that, you know, oh, well, if I just sit down and do this, you know, things will happen. And it's like, no, like you're focused, like, you, you know what you want. And I have no doubt that you're going to get it. Like, I think that that's like, that's just killer to me. Like that, that I appreciate that, that, that kind of have that kind of discipline and, and dedication. And I think more, you know, I, I, I just think it's, it's one of those more people should follow that lead like of just like you know yes yes everybody can do what they want in the world but you have you have to work like it's yeah you know, at the end of the day <laughs> yeah to kind of to finish off on that mate, i appreciate that's kind of the biggest compliment to get around and saying like i'm like a, i'm a worker i want to work for things it's like i heard a saying 
um, about three years ago. I kind of go by sayings. When things stick with me, they really stick with me. When they don't, a lot of it goes over the top. But it says, it says history will separate us. So when you're younger and you're, um, I'm 33 now. When you're younger, you're 21, 22, you have all these dreams and aspirations with your friends, don't you? I'm going to play in the Premiership. I'm going to win the Champions League. I'm going to win the World Cup, right? And like, but then when you get older, it's like, okay, this person is, I'm going to write, I'm going to draw comics. And then as you get older and older and older, you filter those people out. You think all these people do is talk, not, not, me friends of course there's certain situations in life that that disrupt people i'm not saying that like i'm so fortunate to be to be lucky to have the two careers that i have i'm so fortunate don't get me wrong and i'm grateful but you do separate people that talk and people that do right so when you hear that saying it's like history will separate us when i'm on my deathbed i can't roll over to my dad my brother my fiance and my wife and say oh but i i was gonna write that book i either did it or I didn't. You yep. know what I mean? And like history will separate the people that do and the people that don't. And that's kind of like what I live by. So it's like every day I wake up and say, I got to get closer to my goal I want to get to. There's no other way to do that other than sitting at a desk and drawing. So let's just get it done. <laughs> There's no kind of fluffiness to it, you know? It's true though, man. That, that, that is like yeah. such a great credo. Like, you know, and, and it, it, you're right. I, 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 I don't want to say get tired of people talking because it, it just is what it is. Like that's just not in their nature, yeah. but I'm, I'm personally a doer. Now I fail a lot, but you know what? I learn from the failures and I'd rather, Absolutely. I'd rather fail than not try. And, and, and Mate, so like, I, I, I couldn't I, agree more. Ron. Couldn't I, agree more. I think that that's awesome. And what, like, what kind of music do you listen to by the way? Cause I always put new music to it. And, um, unless, unless if you have any friends that are musicians that would want to donate a song to the, epi- to the episode, I will obviously give them props. No, Ron, I, no, I actually don't, okay. to be honest, pal. That would be one where I don't, but no, I listen to Ron, Ron you choose, but you do whatever you okay. want to do. At the moment, I'm just, I'm just deep into like Creedence Clearwater because this book's based in the seventies. So I'm like, right, let's just do that. And that's, that's not new music. So it's like, nope. right, <laughs> you do cool. what you want, mate. That's no problem. No, I, I'll totally do that. And, um, and who's winning the uh, premiere this year? <laughs> it's gotta be man city Ron. Okay. it's gotta be man city i, can't, yeah, I, can't, I didn't want to say that i, yeah. I love liverpool but i, I can't see past man city. I, the, the, the premier league is upside down right now it's pretty it's pretty oh uh, crazy God. right now but it's kind of it's fun to watch because it is so out of control but. that's the biggest thing we were saying i was actually my dad the other day it's like it's it's the best start to a season i've ever seen because yep. it's so up and down no one knows what's happening that's Liverpool's the best that's how you want unbelievably bad yep. unbelievably bad now United looked at it coming back a bit so it's yes. like yeah that's all you want is it is a fun and is world, a fun league to watch it's World Cup who's winning that you know I haven't a clue Ron I was thinking <laughs> that the other day maybe brother were talking and I was like I haven't a, I don't think it's going to be a European team I'll tell you that because wow. I don't think okay. Qatar because of the heat and stuff yep. and where it is I don't think European teams travel well yep. in, in World Cup so I would imagine a South American team somewhere along the way is going to win that to be fair mm-hmm. on. it might be I don't know it might be it might be a dark horse who knows I, I can't give you a, t- a, a, a team in case I get it wrong I won't hold we'll it against South you. America right we'll say South okay. America no, but someone we, in South America um, I'll, I'll be staying in touch with you because strangely enough uh, the university I teach at actually has a school in Qatar and we're working oh, on, wow. we're actually working on some creativity art or athlete related things. And actually, as a matter of Love fact, it. for some crazy reason, they have a relationship with David Beckham. And so we no might actually way. be doing something with Beckham and I'd wow. love, love to have you involved because again, oh like you, you like epitomize again, these overlaps and we, I, um, you remember Jay Demerit? Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 we do some stuff that, yeah. with, with Jay Demerit, um, and a couple, wow. um, Patrick, uh, McLean, who was a goaltender in the MLS might've been about the same time okay. you were there. And then Charlie, okay. Charlie rug also, um, that played in the MLS. Right. So, Love it. um, but just like, I, 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 I think, you know, there's, there's some things that I think, um, I would love to talk to you again after the podcast, about doing because i think there's some collaborative stuff um i don't know if you're going to get back to america ever or if you're going to you know come back every once in a while but one of the things we're doing we we bought some land in montana that we want to start an artist athlete residency and to me you'd be like a, a really cool person to have out there to do a workshop at some point in time but wow. you know these are long goal things of course but, but, of course 
But we, Jeez, mate, please run any, like, I'm so glad we connected, mate. Thanks so much. Oh, I'm no, always, dude. like, kind of, like, I'm always striving for kind of creative connections and yep. people that are in the same realm as me because it's so unique, you know? So yep. I feel like we've hit it off today, mate, like, 100%. Anything you have lined up, mate, please keep yep. me involved. I would, like, a residency, like, a workshop, oh, that is so up my yep. alley, mate. I'd love and if to. I can get, if I can get uh, Mike, how do you say his, like, Magola, Majola? Mag- Mag- Mignola. Yeah, Mignola. Mignola yeah. If I can, if I can somehow get his information, for, <laughs> that is uh, like, uh, well, then I'm in forever indebted to you. No, I, I just, oh, I, I, I remember it. that day I met him, I, and it was just like, whoa, this is that guy. Wow, you know, it's like, yeah, it's wow. one of those weird things. But no, dude, I, I agree. Like, I think, um, I'm so glad we connected, and and, um, like, look forward to like, f- you know, future conversations and stuff and if you have any i always tell people like if you have any other people that you know that are kind of in our space don't hesitate to like connect because having them on the podcast is always is cool for me but also just like bigger picture stuff so yeah of course um, absolutely i'll I'll send you uh this will be out in a couple weeks i'll send you like some promo pictures and video stuff in the next you know two weeks and um just put on social media but dude like thank you man this is really really cool and i'm and you know like you said i'm I'm glad we connected so no thank you ron genuinely i'm genuinely honored you had me pal thanks cool. a million it's, it's so it's exciting that you wanted to have me on so yeah. really appreciate it mate cool all right brother have a great right. day top man Ron. Bye. see you mate you too see you pal bye-bye Bye. So much fun having Danny on the podcast today. I mean, this guy is so freaking talented and he has so much drive and passion for art. I have no doubt that he will be living out his dream of drawing Batman very soon. Just so much enjoyed talking with him and really look forward uh, to doing some stuff in the future, some collaborations and other things. Go follow Danny on Instagram and Twitter at DannyEarls16. And you can check out some of his really incredible art at DannyEarls16.wixsite.com backslash DannyEarls16 backslash. Remember to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com and Begin Again Toys for new product information and news. And do not forget to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.